Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a fantastic episode for today with a brilliant guest. A guest who, after chatting with her, is now my favorite athlete. Professional golfer Amelia Lewis joins the show. Amelia Lewis joined both the LPGA Tour and the Ladies European Tour at only 19 years old and has since become a rising star with a profound passion for growing the game of golf. Since turning pro, Amelia has a combined 10 top 10 finishes and a total of 17 top 15 results on the LPGA and Ladies European Tours. She first declared her professional golf status in 2010 after being the third ranked amateur. She has won over 57 titles in her junior, amateur, and professional careers and has merited many awards, including being a Rolex All-American and a Callaway PGA Junior Player of the Year. Now, she has earned many, many accolades on the golf course. And in addition to her stellar athletic performances, she also has a tremendous mind, philosophy, and, and love for the sport of golf. I learned so much from Amelia, and I deeply respect how she enjoys the challenge of golf. And on today's episode, she chats about how she handles the challenge of forgetting the previous hole or shot and focuses just on the next swing. Amelia also talks about the confidence that she needed to go against the trend, to go against the linear approach that we most of us are taught. And she left college in order to pursue her professional golf career. I loved her answer, especially how she talks about the liberating aspect of the decision. Finally, Amelia talks about how she used the turbulent year to transform herself physically. Such a fond conversation with Amelia. I loved every second of it. We discussed traditional golf questions, the mental aspects, the physical aspects, but on top of that, we chatted about orange juice, Game of Thrones, and travel. I mean, where else are you going to need a conversation like that? Thrill for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on professional golfer and my favorite athlete, American Amelia Lewis, and let's learn. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to me. Yeah, like, um, it's nice to, for you to reach out and kind of discover you, and I'm excited to just chat. Yeah. I got a ton of golf questions, of course, I mean, obviously, but I have to start with maybe the most important question is orange juice. I know you're a big fan, so I got to know how much pulp. Are you pulp free? Are you pulp? What's, what's the orange <laughs> juice for you? Uh, no pulp. No pulp. Oh. Yeah. I love orange juice. <laughs> and they, I'm sad that people that say it's unhealthy because it has so much sugar, but it also has a lot of vitamin C, so that's the benefit. Yeah, I used to start my day with orange juice, and someone told me it was too much sugar to start the day. I said, I don't care. I still, but I, it's got to be pulp for me. I got to have that. Really? You like drinking those little chunks? I do. I do. Oh. <laughs> it might be psychological, but I feel like it's more authentic because you've had some of that store bought orange juice that's real thin and almost watery. And I feel that like pulp, pulp is the opposite of that. So it makes me feel like I'm actually getting an, an actual orange instead of artificial flavors. Could be wrong. That's true. That, yeah, that makes sense. It's healthier, probably. <laughs> Hopefully, who knows? If not, I believe it, which is all that matters. So, uh, <laughs> Exactly. You began golf at a young age. What do you remember about those early years on the course? Man, I was, I was addicted to golf like ever since I started because um, I, love, I loved and I still love the challenge of it. Um, and no matter how hard I try, I'm never going to perfect it. And I think that's what intrigues me about golf. Um, and when I first started, like um, – I was 10 years old in a summer camp in my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, and I loved the 
the integrity that goes along with the game. Okay. It's not just a sport. It's, you know, this is the only game you can call a penalty on yourself. Um, yeah. It's all up to you. I mean, yes, you have teammates as in like your caddy and your manager, but really it's all up to you on the golf course and you determine your own success. And I think that's what I loved about it because I could work as hard as I wanted and be, be as successful as I wanted. Um, and it just determined, you know, I could determine my own success, which, which I love about the game. Yeah. Well, you attended U of F in Florida, but left after one semester to pursue your pro golf career. I, I'm curious about this because so many times we're taught when we're young, it's a linear progression. You go to high school, go to college, then you have a job. And that's the standard tried and true method approach. So for <laughs> you to go your own route, I know that you were gifted physically and talented athletically in golf. But it takes a whole lot of confidence as well. So how did you develop the confidence to take that leap and pursue golf professionally? So I, I always knew that I wanted to be and I was going to be a professional golfer. So I knew that after college, it was always going to be the next step. And um, we had some drama at our college where our coach got fired. We ended up getting a new coach and I was playing for the coach that I, I didn't sign with. So, um, so I wasn't exactly happy with the situation because I'd really been looking forward to playing for that other coach. Um, and at the time I was the third ranked amateur in the world. So with that, that gave me a lot of opportunities to, to go straight into the pro rankings without having to go to Q school and um, also sponsorship opportunities. And it was just, it was kind of meant to be because of where my ranking was um, my motivation at the time. And then the coach assigned with getting fired it just it kind of propelled me to make that decision and something i'll never forget that a friend of mine told me is that you can always go back to college like always but you can never you cannot always be a professional golfer so i had to take advantage of that and um definitely don't doubt or regret my decision i know emotionally it must have been very difficult and there were probably times where you were like am i doing the right route here so how did you handle the potential times that came up of maybe the buyer's remorse early on where you were having doubts? Like, to, to be perfectly honest, like, so I, I'm, I was very studious and whenever I commit to something, I'm all in. So if I went to college, I was making straight A's. I wasn't just slacking off. But mm -hmm. my main focus since I was 12 years old was to be a professional golfer. Yeah. So emotionally, it was almost like a relief because I was, able to make a decision to do something I love okay. and um, I was very happy with the decision and I almost felt like college was to, was holding me back from my dreams um, so it was it whenever when I called the coach and told her I wasn't coming back it was emotional just because I don't like uncommitting from something yeah. but in a way it was freeing because I was doing what, what I wanted to do and um, you know trying to achieve my my dreams. Yeah, makes sense. And I, I love that. I love that you knew what you wanted to do and you didn't look back. I'm curious about the mental aspect. We all know golf just as much mental game as it's physical. So how do you make sure you're in the right frame of mind for a tournament? During the week, are there certain mental practices you do on a daily basis to, that are in preparation for a tournament on the weekend? Um, there's a lot, actually. So, well, I'm always reading, constantly reading books um, about the mental side, about golf, about how to better myself. Um, when I'm practicing, I'm I'm not just hitting golf balls. I'm using my brain when I practice and thinking through my shots, going through my routine, visualizing on every single shot. So 
um, I'm not just brain dead out there hitting balls. I'm literally visualizing my intentions throughout the day. So that's, that's how I practice. And then um, for tournament day, I basically, I do what I practice and I do the same thing. I, I do a little, little bit of meditation. Um, just sometimes if I feel like I need to get into the zone, but um, I mostly, it's not just like a one day thing. It's a constant daily, yearly routine of practicing the visualization um, and visualization for golf is, is massive. It is massive. How do you forget the success or failures of a previous hole or shot? Oh man, that's hard. I wish I could tell myself like, <laughs> I'm not, you, you, like you need to focus on just a shot at hand because it's very hard because we work, we're perfectionists. Every professional athlete is perfectionist. And when you don't do what you want to do, um, it's disappointing. But I've been in that position so many times that it's unexpected. Like golf is unexpected. Like you, you could make a horrible mistake and then get incredibly lucky the next shot. So you have no idea what's going to happen next. Um, so the way I refocus, um, I talk to my caddy and I ask him to help me get back in the zone or I focus on my routines. And as basic as that sounds, it really helps because your routine is something that I practice in practice and not just in tournament modes. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it kind of grounds me and settles me and gets me back into the shot at hand. Um, and like, if I, if you wanted me to go through the golf routine, I could get very specific, but it, it's, you know, focusing on my weight shift and my swing, focusing on the little techniques I'm trying to, to work on. And those little things add up to the one shot you're trying to hit. And you literally have to play one shot at a time, not get ahead of yourself. And it is very hard, but to have confidence in your routine helps with that. Yeah. I know you have an elaborate routine and I don't want to go through all the steps, but I, I am curious about the breathing aspect of it. Do you have certain keys for your breathing to slow yourself down, calm yourself down? I do. Yes. Um, I don't do it on every shot, but okay. I've, if I'm feeling the nerves or the pressure of the situation, um, I do box breathing. So, you know, uh, the four, 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 you know, method, um, like breathe in for four, hold for four, let out for four. Um, and I, I practice that when I'm working out so that, um, so that I can do it under pressure and competition, but breathing is huge because your heart sometimes your heart feels like it's going to jump out of your chest. You're so nervous. Yeah. So you, you have to definitely calm down, especially I always get nervous on the first tee shot of the day. Um, just you want to have a, a good start to the day. And that's normally where a lot of people like spectators are at. So you, you, you want to um, show your best in front of them too. So I get a little bit nervous. I start breathing, start visualizing, get into my routine. And then I go. <laughs> You've had numerous successful top 10, top 15 finishes in your career thus far. Is there a specific result that makes you the most proud? There are a few. Um, the one that jumps out straight uh, in my mind is probably a long time ago. It was the New Zealand Women's Open. Uh, I think it was in like 2011 or something. And I came second to Lydia Ko, um, who is a New Zealand superstar and former number one in the world. Um, and I was in contention up until the last hole um unfortunately like she played great i didn't really take advantage of the last hole but i was so in the moment and so competitive and i came in second and when i walked off another one of the players um 
since Lydia was an amateur, she didn't get the money, the full prize money. And it, it rolled down to me who came in second. One of the players said, well, at least you got, you know, first place prize money. <laughs> and at the time I'm like, I'm like, I really don't care about that. Like I wanted to win. Yeah. And I think that like me thinking that I'm kind of proud of myself for thinking that because I'm so competitive. It's really not about the money. It's, it's about me trying to get my name on that trophy, you know? When I was reading about you, I, I noticed that Roy McIlroy is one of your favorite golfers. And mine too. He's one of my favorites. But another one of your favorites is Payne Stewart. And I was really excited when I saw that Payne Stewart was on your list. So what was it about <laughs> Payne that inspired you so much? So, like, unfortunately, I started golf after he had passed away. <laughs> so it's kind of like the legend of Payne yeah. that really intrigued me. Um, and I feel like from all the books I've read that he he was a man of great character he kind of changed his life um throughout his career like i'm a christian and he became a christian um mm -hmm. up until the before he died and um i really like how just what he represented in golf and um i think he was a, a just a great role model and obviously he had his own unique sense of style yeah. on the golf course and i i think that's great anyone who can be true to themselves and and you know and be a, a role model to future generations i i really look up to and then obviously him winning at pinehurst um it's just you know that's going to go down as one of the great tournaments in history and i think that's just incredible it just it's just a, the legend of pain that um inspires me the legend of pain couldn't say it any <laughs> yeah. better tough year for for everyone especially athletes how'd you handle the uncertainty that's the main thing i'm curious about the uncertainty of the year because of all the canceled events just everything in flux and just so much of doubt of going in and then the second part of that is how did you adapt your training with all the uncertainty so uh 2020 um was actually a really good year for me uh not a lot of people can say that but um but i've had wrist pain and issues for the last two years and i was kind of um I, like just getting to the the end of it where I, I couldn't perform anymore and I was going I was having cortisone shots every three months to try and survive on tour and I wasn't performing well because I couldn't practice I couldn't do anything that I, I need you need to do as a professional athlete and 2020 gave me the opportunity hmm. with all the suspensions of tournaments it gave me the opportunity to, to get surgery um, that I had been putting off for two years and um, it was a scary decision because everyone says, um, you know, whenever you go under the knife, you can never take that back. Um, it changes you forever. But uh, it fixed me. Like I have zero wrist pain now. Um, I feel like a, a new person and a new player. And um, I've come into this year with no pain, with a new motivation. I love practicing now, whereas before I hated practicing because it, it just hurt so bad. So <laughs> 2020 was... I needed that year. I needed yeah. that time to recover without really missing too much in the season. And um, it kind of gave me a new life and a new appreciation for um, what I do because it was taken away so quickly, you know, with, with coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're not the first athlete that I've talked to who has said something similar. This was the first time it was a forced break physically. And it was the first time in their lives they really had to just sit back and let their body heal in so many ways. So I, I love yeah. hearing that. How about just biggest life lesson you've learned from the last year? It doesn't have to be golf related, just biggest life lesson. Biggest life lesson. I mean, I learned that at the end of the day, golf um, is not the biggest thing in the world, um, that life goes on. But then also 
my family and I were able to, to really get close. Luckily, we all live in Jacksonville and we were able to spend time together. And at the end of the day, family is the most important thing to me. And, um, and throughout 2020, we stuck together and um, it was nice to have that support system. So I think I, I just learned that there are bigger things in life and everything will be okay because I have, I have my family and, and my health and that makes me happy. Yeah. Well, I've been reading so much about you on your website, AmeliaLewis.com, and you mentioned you want to go to Norway to see the Northern Lights. And it made me curious on the places you have traveled. I know you don't get a lot of time when you're on tournaments to actually be a tourist. So which have been your favorite locations you have visited as, as a tourist that have left the strongest emotional mark on you? Well, you're going to appreciate this, but two weeks ago, I was actually at uh, the Grand Canyon uh, okay. for the first time ever. Okay. And um, I've never had the time to drive there and spend some time there in between tournaments. And that was beautiful. Um, I've also been able to go to uh, climb the Great Wall of China, which wow. is pretty cool. Um, so that's really cool. I've been, I've been to Dubai, mm -hmm. which not a lot of people get to go there. Um, I've literally almost any place you can name in the world, I've been there. I mean, Australia um, is probably my favorite country to visit because the people and culture is amazing over there. The coffee is amazing. I don't know if you've been, but you have to get some good coffee when you go there. Um, and the weather is always really good too because we go during our winter, which is their summer. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other places just to, well, how oh, about, I've been to, been to Taj Mahal, which is pretty oh, incredible too. Fantastic, fantastic. Of all of those, which one are you still thinking about the food? <laughs> the food. Oh, geez. That's hard because I love food. Um, oh, man. Okay, well, I, I don't like Indian food because so we can cross that off. Okay, okay. Australian food is like pretty much like American food, so we can okay. cross it off. Okay. Um, the Dubai Mediterranean food, like the hummus. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now we're talking. So good. Yeah. So good. So I, that was incredible. But then also like when I've been to Italy, that pure Italian, Italian food is, is amazing too. Yeah. So um, you're getting me really excited. because <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go back to your Arizona trip. So Grand Canyon only, or did you get any other exploring in? Yeah, Grand Canyon only, unfortunately. Well, we did that, um, the Horseshoe Bend as well, which yeah. is close to that. Yeah. Um, and then we went up to St. My tournament was in St. George, Utah. Okay. And um, there was Zion National Park was close to there. So I got to see the outskirts of that. But it's it's really hard to, um, it's, it is hard with my job to, to get yeah. real time to explore. You just have to kind of see the highlights, hit the highlights and check them off the, the box. Um, but yeah, no more, no, no more than that in Arizona. Well, I'm glad you did Horseshoe Bend. Not a lot of people even know about that one. And so you didn't get to do Antelope Canyon, which is on the way back to Utah border. That's the one you didn't. That's it's closed because of COVID. Ah, okay. I know, I know. I really wanted to. That's the one that I was dying to. But um, I guess that the the Indian reservation is on. They're being very protective because of COVID. Yeah. What are the most memorable books you've read over the last year? And don't even have to be the, the golf-related ones. Just I'm just curious as what you've been reading. Um, so Ryan Holiday, he actually sent me a few of his books over uh, COVID, um, like The Daily Stoic um, or yeah. Ego is the Enemy. Um, so I've read, he, I was 
very thankful that you sent me all those books. I've binge, I've binge read all those, and those are constant ones I read. Um, but then there's so many, so many golf help books that are really good. I'm, I'm trying to think of my favorite, but you, you can't really go wrong with Vision Fifty Four. They're very popular in the LPGA, um, and they have some really good tips if anyone's ever looking for uh, some specific golf tips for their game. Very cool. I do have one last question then for you. One, one easy one. Were you satisfied with the Game of Thrones ending? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> no, I, I refuse to even acknowledge that last season. <laughs> I, I like you even more now. And, and you, who is your favorite character from the show? <sighs> you know, I liked Daenerys until the last season. Yeah. Um, and I thought Jon Snow was pretty boring until the last couple of seasons. So he actually, I actually like him better now. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Jon Snow. He's a, you know, you, can, you can't really go wrong picking him. It's such a great, it's such a great uh, show. I can't believe those people that, that haven't watched it, they're definitely missing out. But hey, if you're looking for a show to binge, I just got into the Formula One Drive to Survive show on okay. Netflix. Okay. Um, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's cool. Cause it gives you like an athlete perspective and I didn't realize how intense formula one and competitive it is. So if you okay. want to watch something different, I would, I would do that. Cause I'm binging that right now. I didn't know about the show. So I'm going to put that at the top of my list. You haven't asked the basic question. Like, how can you help my golf game? Like <laughs> you haven't asked me any <laughs> golf tips about your golf game. <laughs> Well, I, mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I have to admit, I, I took lessons at the TPC Scottsdale, but I recently sold my clubs because I wasn't getting out to the course. So I have to admit that I haven't golfed in a while. Oh, I hope this inspires you to get back out there because it's a great sport to do, especially now uh, with COVID. You know, it's one of the few sports that has really no restrictions. You can go and have fun out, outside with your friends. That's true. And people tell me that so much business is done on the golf course, and especially in a place like Arizona, where it's, it's everywhere. So what's next for you? What are some of the tournaments you got coming up and projects and plans? And then also, you also have some clinics this summer. So can you tell me about those as well? Yeah, so for tournaments, um, I'll be playing the LPGA Tour um, and the Symmetra Tour this summer. I'll kind of bounce back and forth. I may play a few European Tour events um, if I can fit them in my schedule. Maybe the South African Open, maybe not. It's just hard to travel right now outside yeah. of the country with yeah. COVID. So I kind of am sticking to in the United States right now. Um, I, I'm doing some clinics actually with my sponsor, TIA Bank. Um, we, we're, we're changing it to where we're going to now try and focus on the USGA, US Girls Golf programs to try and help um, get girl golfers and juniors um, more into the the sport and to, um, give them a role model. So I might be traveling around the country with them doing that. Um, and then I'm also, I uh, can't say too much about it, but I'm involved in a golf movie project that's actually going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, so within the next year, there'll be some some articles written about that. But I'm an I'm associate producer on a golf movie that's going to be coming out. So it's a really cool story, real life story that we're going to be telling. And I uh, can't wait to tell you more about that in the future. Yeah, awesome. So many different things going on, a variety of things going on. I think that's that's just wonderful for you. Well, this was awesome. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed our conversation. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, Amelia.
Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation, Amelia. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram. And for more information, check out AmeliaLewis.com. Oh, and she was the second person to recommend the Formula One TV show. So I'm starting that tonight. Thanks, Amelia. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from any given runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.